Welcome to Generation Nation. I'm Bobby Batista. Many things have been said about the millennial generation that they're narcissistic, lazy, indecisive, or if you look at it through a different lens, confident, independent, and free thinking. But some new research has unearthed a disturbing trend among this generation. Millennials are apparently more willing to sacrifice their friends or lie to get ahead in the workplace. The millennials are somewhat of a mystery to other generations. Um, they are often mislabeled or maligned as entitled or lazy or overly optimistic about their worth. Now, some of that may be true. What we do know is that a lot of them are jobless. So maybe that explains that if they do have a job, they're desperate to keep it. A study by the marketing firm DDB shows millennials are more likely to lie or take credit for someone else's work in order to get ahead. And that is five times more often than boomers. So the question is, why? Joining me is Dr. Tim Elmore of Growing Leaders and a leading authority on the next generation. Dr. Tim, thank you so much for coming in. Bobby, great to be with you. You have studied generations in the workplace for a long time now, and I think you have also done some of your own studies on this issue. Does this research surprise you at all? No, it does not. And let me just hasten to add, I absolutely love this emerging generation. Our nonprofit works with them in universities and high schools. But we're finding the same thing to be true. We did our own study of about 17,000 high schoolers, public high schoolers in Georgia. And we fe- one of the two big takeaways we got was that ethics were not even on the radar screen. Now, I don't think they're planning on going to rob a bank anytime soon, but it just was not even on the radar screen that, that there was a right and a wrong, that there needed to be a moral compass in their hand. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, these kids are going to be leading companies in 20 years, so we need to do something. Why do you think that millennials have such a fluid (laughs) ethical view. Well, I think there's a number of reasons, uh, and this is going to shock some listeners, but I think one of them is the parents. I think parents have morals, but they're so pushing their kid to make the grade, make the team, make the money, make the that I think the kid's thinking, good grief, I've got to come through for mom and dad. Uh, they're living out their unlived life through, through me. But I'm you their know trophy. What? In defense of us, yeah. we are their parents. Mm-hmm. Boomers and Gen Xers are their parents. Yeah. And I guess I kind of thought we had been brought up by the greatest generation mm-hmm. yeah. with a pretty strong ethical compass. Absolutely. So what are we doing wrong? Well, what I think has happened is pragmatism has trumped principle. Meaning, you just do whatever you got to do to get ahead, to get the job, to get the interview, to get the grade. 75% of university students in America admit to cheating to get through college. That's three out of four. Two years ago, Harvard went through their worst scandal in history. These are Harvard kids that you would think Mm -hmm. would be the models. Mm -hmm. But it's happening because they're thinking, I've got to get the A or I've got to achieve whatever the trophy is that, that I'm supposed to get. And so I'll do whatever I've got to do. And again, the scary thing is, there is a right and wrong in some many cases, some, some gray, but many times there's a right and wrong, and they're just not seeing it. It's do whatever you got to do to get ahead. So they're more ruthless, shall we say, than other generations. And as you mentioned, even with friends, they don't see it as I'm using you, but just know I've got to get what's mine. And, and think about it. Even social media has fostered a very me-oriented, I'm posting my best photos on Facebook, I'm Instagramming my best pics. So it's really about platform building. Now, I don't want to overspeak. There's some exceptions, but a lot of platform building. So if my, think about it, Bobby. If my job is to build my platform, I will do whatever I got to do, even if you don't get to build yours to get mine. How much does entitlement play into this? Because the entitlement narrative is definitely out there. Most surveys, mm-hmm. you know, show that uh, I think it's as much as 60 or 70 percent 
of respondents consider them entitled, and 71% they were selfish. Yeah, it's it's definitely real. And I, I hate to say this because it sounds so pithy and cliche, but I think the world that they've grown up in has has caused them to feel deserving. Um, they deserve a better life than mom and dad had. Of course, we, we wanted to give them a better life. But um, I recently talked to an attorney friend of mine in L.A., and he said, Tim, I, I interviewed a new job candidate, 22 years old, freshly out of college. And during the interview, Bobby, she said, I'm going to have your job in 18 months. Well, first of all, don't oh. say that to your potential employer. <laughs> That's not a good thing to say. Oh. But secondly, I think she had no idea. He was yeah. 58 years old. He'd worked 35 years to get to that place. Yeah. And so I think there's a um, almost a microwave th- thinking that it's going to happen fast, and really it's a crockpot they're in in the career. And somebody's got to level with them and say it's going to take longer, but that's not abnormal. And it's so it's kind of ironic because it's you know so many of them are moving back home. It's a little bit mm-hmm. harder to feel entitled when you're moving back home with mom and dad. Absolutely, yeah. Millennials sometimes seem selective or ambiguous about what is morally mm-hmm. wrong, as you mentioned. Um, I, I remember having a discussion with my uh, daughter about lying, and it was interesting that she and her friends thought that. Cheating was wrong, yeah. but lying, maybe not. Yeah. Like it was A lesser okay. sin. Yeah. yeah. A lesser <laughs> sin, right, yeah. dependent on yeah. circumstances, this sort of mm-hmm. thing. But we're not just talking about white lies here. Like, you, does this dress yeah. make my rear end look big? Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah, so. that's right. <laughs> well, no, this is exactly what we're finding. The numbers seem to be indicating. In fact, what we found was slightly different, but second cousin. They would say if they cheated on a test— that's okay if it gets you ahead. If you get caught, you admit that it was wrong. But if I don't get caught, and it's almost a subjective thing. Does that make sense? It's yeah. As long as I can get through and nobody knows, nobody's harmed, that's just it. It's a nobody's harm thing. And, of course, we wow. might say, well, there's other ramifications to this than what you might imagine. So what does this mean for the future? Because, quite frankly, we've grown up uh, ourselves now in a period mm-hmm. where politicians, corporate yeah. executives, bankers are not so much to be trusted yeah. um, across the board. And so if we have a generation growing up with this sliding moral yeah. scale, yeah. what are we looking at in the future? Well, if we don't rethink the way we parent, manage, employ, teach, and coach this generation, it may be a very different future. For instance, uh, I did a book called Generation IY. It's the second half of Gen Y. I call them IY because of the I world that they've grown up in. I <laughs> predicted by the year 2030, we're going to see five-year marriage contracts because long-term commitment, uh, it's, it's, it's lost its novelty. Well, I was behind. Last year, two countries in our world, including Mexico, just to the south, has introduced legislation for two-year marriage contracts. So um, I know wow. it's alarming. You're thinking, wow. Now, I want to be careful. I don't know what the morals are of the listeners right now, but it, let's, let's all admit it's going to be a different world yeah. than the one we grew and, up in. And that really doesn't surprise me. To me, it's just uh, simple math. The longer yeah. you live, the more marriages you're going to have. <laughs> That's right. Because honestly, who can live with someone for you know 85 <laughs> or 90 years? That would be a challenge. This study, by the way, also found that millennials are more likely to self-identify as workaholics. Forty-four percent of them said they were workaholics compared to only 35 percent of boomers. Well, I think this is a subjective scale. In other <laughs> words, um, sometimes we, have a, we always have a slew of interns that are at Growing Leaders, and I love them all. But, you know, I, uh, here's a scenario. I would have just flown back from Singapore. I'm dog-tired. It was a 24-hour flight. I got to repack, hop on a plane to Detroit, and I'm going to take an intern with me. And they go, I'm tired. I can't go. You're tired. 
Apart from what? You know? And, and I know I probably sound like a grandpa right now, but it's not like I got up and worked the farm at 5 a.m., but they believe they're working hard. But working hard is a little subjective. I think writing a paper and studying for a test is not equal to the kind of work that you and I have learned to put in over our careers. And I don't know fully your story, but just enough to know you have worked you know hard. What? No, you've yeah. hit the button on the head. When I was 20-something, I had three jobs. Yeah, same three. here. Three. Yes. Day, evening, and weekends. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And I was never tired. Yeah, yeah. So that is interesting that you say that. They just define workaholism, I think, a little differently yeah. Yeah. than we did. Perception. It, mm-hmm. We're sitting here feeding right into it. Yeah. Um, yes, and, and we're yes. trying trying not to be terribly negative. I'm not sure we're coming coming across yeah, that yeah. way, but it does seem right now that managers do hold a more negative perception mm-hmm. of young people in the workplace. How do we turn that around? I think we need to look at new angles. Um, for instance, you even mentioned when you introduced this segment that sometimes they come across this way, but if we're positive, we call them <laughs> exactly. confident. I think there's an upside and a downside to every generation. I'm sure. Moms and dads were calling our general bunch of lazy slackers. You, you, you guys don't even know how entitled you are. So I think we need to capitalize. There is, a, there is a confidence in them, sometimes an overconfidence, but I'd rather have that than try to raise the dead. You know, So let's cultivate that. Let's channel that in the right direction. There's a great socialness to them. In fact, I always say to employers, they don't want work-life balance. They want work-life blending. They, they want to be socializing and connecting and so forth. But is there a way we can capitalize on that? So the first thing I would say to boomers and extras is, is there a way we can look at what we see in them and say, is there a way that that can be channeled for the mission of the organization? And I'm going to bring you back to talk even more about generations working together in the workplace Join us for the next Generation Nation, and thanks for joining us today. I'm Bobby Batista.